Hello and welcome to this audio edition of the Ex-Mormon Files with host Earl Erskine. Thank you for joining us. On each episode of this program, Earl, a former LDS bishop, interviews a former Mormon guest about their journey out of Mormonism and into an authentic relationship with Jesus Christ. These stories are encouraging, fascinating, and often moving. For more information on the Ex-Mormon Files internet video program, please visit exmormonfiles.com. That's exmormonfiles.com. And now, here's Earl. So I'm really thrilled to welcome Sandra Tanner. Okay, so, so Gerald reads this encyclopedia article, and it mentioned the different breakoff groups of Mormonism. Now you've been a, a little. You'd seen I, that I was aware of the reorganized church. I didn't really know how they were different. Yeah. I just knew there were other kinds. Yeah. Okay. Gerald uh, reads this article and it mentions there's different groups. I believe different ways than the Utah Church, and one of them they listed was the reorganized LDS Church. It's now called the Community of Christ. Right. Community. But he saw that listed. He looked in the phone book and saw there was a reorganized church here in Salt Lake. So. He was curious to know what they were about. Just curious by just nature, curious. I guess. Yeah, right? just because curious. I, I mean, I wouldn't have thought myself that that would be something I would do, but Gerald did, and so yeah, he calls right. him up and, <laughs> and says, what's your story over here? Huh? Yeah, he calls up and makes an appointment to meet with the uh, pastor. They don't call them bishops in the reorganized church. They call them pastors. He went over and met with the pastor, and the pastor was so excited because here was a young Mormon kid interested asking questions. Okay, so this pastor starts giving Gerald photocopies of all kind of problems of Brigham Young's sermons. Adam, God, uh, polygamy, blood atonement, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, stuff on the blacks, all kinds, you know, he starts plying with all these shocking things. And said, uh, uh, Joseph Smith had nothing to do with polygamy. That was all Brigham Young. And uh, Emma Smith said that Joseph never had any other wives but her. And so we're the true church. We got the young, the Smith family with us, and it's all Brigham's fault. Oh, the polygamy, everything. Everything that came to Utah everything was, that came to Utah was and... Brigham Young's idea and his fault. You need to just scrap all the Utah stuff and come back to the true church, which is the reorganized LDS oh, church. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. So... He starts visiting there on Sundays to see what they're preaching and what they're about. In the process, he met a man there named James Wardle. And James Wardle was a reorganized guy that was fascinated by Mormon history. Mm. He had a barber shop downtown. It's now where the Matheson Courthouse is, oh. but it used to be on State Street yeah, there. State, yeah. And uh, in his little barber shop at the back, he had the state's biggest private collection of Mormon material. Books, I mean, yeah. original Book of Mormon, Book of Commandments, wow. Doctrine and Covenants, wow. Millennial Star, Times and Seasons, oh my goodness. Evening and Morning Star. I mean, whatever it was, James had copies of it at his library. Wow. And uh, so Gerald starts going, visiting James at his barber shop, and uh, James gave him a little pamphlet called An Address to All Believers in Christ, by David Whitmer. One of the three witnesses to the Book of Mormon, yeah. And Whitmer, writing at the end of his life in 1887, tells his experience as a Mormon and why he left Mormonism. And he tells in there that he left because Joseph Smith started changing the revelations 
started changing the doctrines of the church, introducing things that he had never been told when he first joined Mormonism. That's so, amazing. That is one of the things that affected me. I went back and looked at some of the Book of Commandments, yes. Revelations, and then just a couple of years later, the Doctrine and Covenants in, right. in 1835, and they were different. That's right. And that's what Gerald found. Well, he saw that that's what Whitmer said, oh, but okay. he has not seen the original, so he doesn't know this is a fact. Okay. And at first he thinks Whitmer is just making it all up to make the Utah Mormons look bad. Okay. <laughs> and he's not sure, you know, how much, does this really check out? Well, he also, in, in the meantime, uh, had found out, probably through James, the barber, about, that there were of some of the splinter groups that were in Independence, Missouri. Mm. He got in his jalopy and drives out to Missouri. I mean, any mother would have had a heart attack to know that her... Gerald did that? Yeah. How old her, was he? You know, 18 or 19. He must have been 19 at this oh point. Oh, my goodness. Oh, I mean, yeah, it's a jalopy, you know, yeah. and, and and he's going to drive it to Missouri. Uh, and it broke down along the way. He had different stories of, you know, the trauma of, of getting to Missouri. Yeah. He gets out there, and he's at some flea bag hotel. <laughs> and, uh, I mean, you know, what could he afford, you know? Right. So... He visits around the different splinter groups, and and they got different beliefs. So the reorganized church has got one set of beliefs, and 12 apostles and a prophet and everything. And then across the street from them is the Church of Christ Temple Lot group. Oh, yeah. And they got apostles and prophets. But a little different twist a little on different, this and that. Yeah, yeah, they only accept the 1833 printing of Joseph's Revelations in the Book of Commandments. They don't accept the Doctrine and Covenants. Well, the reorganized because church... Because of the changes, I Because guess. of the changes. They said, no, nah, nah, the later stuff's no good. So here's the reorganized church. They're using more of the 1835 Doctrine and Covenants as a base for their revelations. And they believe they're the only true and church. And they're the only true church. <laughs> and uh, then he found some of the Whitmer descendants and talked to them about what David Whitmer was about. He had started a little Church of Christ himself. Mm. And uh, so Gerald was looking to see if there's any remnants of Whitmer's church. Yeah. In the process, he ran across another little splinter group called the Church of Christ Book of Mormon. And this was a little group wow. that had pulled out of the reorganized church and out of the Temple Lot uh, Church of Christ group and had formed a new little church that only believed the Bible and Book of Mormon. They rejected all the rest of Mormonism. Including Joseph Smith or Joseph yes. Smith up to 1830? Joseph Smith up to 1830. Oh, my goodness. And so all the other revelations yeah. after that, the polygamy all, and yeah. the temple and all that Everything. stuff. Everything, okay. yeah. Priesthood, all of that went. Wow. They just took the Bible and Book of Mormon. <laughs> well, Gerald ran across this little group and started meeting with them, and they let someone let him come and stay at their house while he was there. And uh, this started him thinking on a whole new line now of research. The I think it was at the Temple Lot Church, they showed him an original Book of Commandments, so he verified the changes in the right. revelations. So he knew that there was that change. <clears throat> yeah. So Whitmer was right when he said the revelations had been changed. Wow. And well, I remember him saying or being quoted as having read this mm -hmm. address to the Mormon or to the believers, and that he threw it down in disgust because yes. he was so upset or yeah. no, this couldn't happen. Right. Joseph Smith couldn't. So he believed, though, that Joseph Smith translated the Book of Mormon mm -hmm. the way it uh, yes, was. Yes, it was fully committed everything... to the Book of Mormon. Okay, all right. <laughs> and uh, so uh, he came back out to Salt Lake. He went a year to the University of Utah when he first got out of college, uh, out of high school, 
But then he dropped out, and for a year he did nothing but read. Research this. And he read the six volume, seven volume history of the church. Wow. The documentary history. Um, I'm not sure how much of the comprehensive history he read, but he was aware of that. He must have read parts of it. Uh, went back and read the original scriptures and before they were changed yeah. and uh, started going to James Barber shop and uh, sitting in his barber shop reading more more all the yeah. old books to check out all the references. Wow. And the more he studied, the more he was running across references to old documents that didn't read the same way today. And so this really launched him on a quest to get to the bottom what is true about Joseph Smith. How much yeah. of this can we really believe? Yeah. And while he, he made a second trip out to Independence, Missouri and stayed a month, I believe it was, with the people out there, during that time they really started talking to him about spiritual matters, not just you know, Mormon, what edition of the Revelations are you going to trust? But they got talking more about spiritual matters. And they started pointing out to Gerald, you know, the Bible and Book of Mormon teach there's only one God. They teach there's only salvation through Christ. Uh, there's no temple ritual in the Book of Mormon uh, or the Bible that all these doctrines that you've grown up thinking are not part of either the Bible or Book of Mormon. Yeah. They started talking to him about grace and about the centrality of Christ about the oneness of God. And through all of these discussions through that month, he came to faith in Christ. Now he cannot, he could not point to a day when he could say, that's the moment I trusted Christ. But he knows that when he got there, he was not a Christian in, in the evangelical sense of the word, but when he when drove he left, home, he, he, was. he was a child of God. Wow. And it happened while he was with those people. Uh, so when I meet him, he's three-fourths of the way out of Mormonism, <laughs> so this not is, totally out. Now, is he? he's involved in this meeting that this, you go yes. to with your grandma. Was yeah. he actually doing the teaching? It, he was in charge of the meeting. It was oh, his meeting. It was his meeting. Yeah. At his mom's house in the basement, and the dad was off working at the Weather Bureau, so the mom took Gerald's two younger sisters that were still in the home uh, to the movie, to get them out of the house so they wouldn't be contaminated by Gerald's meeting. <laughs> oh, dear. And so Gerald holds this meeting, and, and is he now representing this other church? Is... Uh, well, in an informal way. Yeah, okay. Uh, but he had a tape recording of one of the people's stories um, and was playing a tape recording that night, and then he talked some about whatever was on the tape. Now, the meeting for me was not a shock, in that I'd heard my mother and my aunt raise some of, raise the, some of these yeah. things before. So it's it wouldn't be like for some Mormons the first time I, I oh. ever heard anything shocking, you yeah. know. And uh, I thought, oh, okay, well, that's interesting. I've heard that before, but I never really knew what the basis was or right. background of it. And uh, so at the end of the meeting... <laughs> I went up to Gerald it, because Gerald was cute. And anyone that sees a picture of Gerald, you know he was a nice-looking fellow. And I went up to Gerald and batted my eyes and said, Oh, that was so interesting. Why don't you come over to my grandma's and tell me more? <laughs> and Gerald so was funny. so excited that someone was paying attention to what he had to say. Uh, so he was all for coming over to enlighten me. But it, it wasn't, I mean, even though I would had questions about Mormonism, 
My inviting Gerald to my grandma's was not really a quest for those answers at that point. You, I just wanted to get to know Gerald. <laughs> well, I wanted to, re to read. I apologize for shuffling papers here, but this is what uh, he's recorded as yeah. to have said. And this was uh, given at Bill, by Bill McKee uh, at yeah. his funeral. Although I thought she was a beautiful young woman, I felt that she was probably too rich and sophisticated to have any interest in me. Later, I was to learn that she had a wonderful personality, as we've all learned here, and was very down-to-earth and was anything but rich. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so, so you, uh, he, did he take this as an interest in him or an interest oh, no. in, the, in, it was, in his message? Oh, he was so serious. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> oh, yes. So, uh, unfortunately for Gerald, he was coming over for dinner on April 1st. Oh, dear. Yeah, it's not a good sign because uh, I was somewhat of a uh, prankster. <clears throat> well, I learned later Gerald was too, but uh, <laughs> but at this point he was all seriousness. Okay. And so I had set the table with all the wrong kind of utensils. So uh, like um, having a spatula there instead of a spoon, oh you know, everything was wrong. Yeah. Pie tin Very for plate. Very first stuff. Yeah, a measuring yeah. cup for glass. So all, this, all the utensils were just out of the kitchen, but all wrong right. for sitting down to dinner. And Gerald was just determined. He was just going to be the best witness ever. And he just, with the straightest face, sat down like he was, you know, really going to try to eat with whatever was there. He wasn't. <laughs> And I, I couldn't hold it anymore, and I just started to laugh. Uh, and it's a wonder Gerald ever talked to me again, because <laughs> I thought it was so funny. And, and he, he was, was humiliated. <laughs> uh, obviously, we got past yeah, that. Yeah, got past that. Yeah. But, he, but, your, but your dating turned out to be a lot of studying, didn't it? <laughs> yes. My, my courtship with Gerald amounted to spending the evening comparing the Doctrine and Covenants with the Book of Commandments or something <laughs> like that, you know. We didn't go to movies or anything. We just sat in my grandma's house and cheap date. Cheap date. One, he took me on one date where we went out to dinner for spaghetti dinner. But uh, I mean, before we got engaged, that we had we did not date. We oh studied Mormonism. <laughs> that was our evening. Now, how old were you when you went to this meeting? Um, I was eighteen. Eighteen. I was seventeen when I got out of high school. And he was a little older. He yeah, he was three years older than me. Well, no, he was just 20. He didn't turn 21 till that June. Okay. And, and how long did you court her date? Two and, and a half months. Wow. Yes. All that time oh, yeah. I, I look back on it now and I think, well, no wonder my mom was upset. You know? <laughs> now that you think about it. <laughs> I call it. her on the phone and I say, Mom, I'm dropping out of college. I am uh, just got engaged to an apostate. <laughs> And we're leaving Just the, the words that mom wants to hear. Huh? To what? <clears throat> she caught the next plane to Salt Lake. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. So what is going on over here? So uh, did you ever go back to California after this? Yes. <clears throat> I went back to California to uh, prepare for our wedding. Oh. I mean, it was all just real fast. Yeah. <clears throat> I'm going to have to take some more water. You know, my mom actually went to uh, San Diego during World War II. I guess there was a lot of migration lot of, to lot California. Of, a lot of defense work. To work for defense <coughs> and so on. So that's where your family is. But you were married? 
in California then? Did <clears throat> you end up? When uh, Gerald proposed to me, we had only known each other uh, six or seven weeks. My goodness. <laughs> and I went down to California then uh, to prepare for the wedding. And so our wedding was in Southern California. Wow. We knew we did not want a temple wedding. We knew we did not want the bishop to marry us. Because he, at this point, was, of course, uh, believing in the Book of Mormon, mm -hmm. not but not Utah temple, Mormonism. But not Utah Mormonism. Mm -hmm. And where were you at at that? I had come along with his uh, challenge to me to look at the documents. In fact, my grandma and I had sat for a, a week or two uh, comparing the Book of Commandments with the Doctrine and Covenants. I went down to the bookstore and bought a reprint. And we sat there day after day reading one against the other, and I was marking in my Doctrine and Covenants where the changes were at as we'd go along through. And I'd say, wait, Grandma, you know, she's reading. I said, wait, i got to write a note in here. That sentence has changed, or they added a paragraph. Wait a minute, there's no, not room to put it in here, so I'll just have to put, added a paragraph. And, and went through and noted through the Doctrine and Covenants. And it's shocking how much change yes. there is, isn't it? Yeah, so, so that, it was, this was a real, struggled for me in seeing how the Doctrine and Covenants had been rewritten. You're taught as a Mormon, you can't trust the Bible because it's been changed and edited. Well, the translation of everything, yeah. right. Yeah, so And this, even the Book of Mormon's a translation. Yeah, but you assume but it's the, all correct. the Doctrine and Covenants. Yeah. So, here I've been taught all my life that the Bible isn't something you can fully put your trust in. Right. But Joseph's revelations were God speaking directly to him. So this is the, you know, straight, I mean, it's like Moses on the mount getting the Ten Commandments. This is God speaking. Yeah, and God should get it right the yeah. first time. <laughs> and I'm going through this and seeing, and there are important changes. A lot of Mormons think that, oh, well, it's these and thous or something. No, uh, one revelation said the only gift God gave Joseph Smith was to bring out the Book of Mormon. And then later that was rewritten to say it was the first gift God gave to him. Now, this bothered David Whitmer. This is one of the things yeah. Whitmer brought up, yeah. that Joseph went beyond what God had originally called him to do. Wow. Well, I remember one that had uh, Oliver Cowdery with the gift of the divining rod. Right. And later it got changed to the gift of Aaron. Right. To kind of tie into the Aaronic priesthood. Right. But, but that first thing was in the Book of Commandments, and the other was in the... Yeah. So when Gerald and I were studying together, when I was still in Salt Lake, he's showing me on these dates, on the, <laughs> our dates, he's showing me all these changes and problems. And then he, I told him I was a uh, grand, great great granddaughter of Brigham Young, and he said one night, "Well, have you ever read any of Brigham Young's sermons?" And I said, "No." no. And he says, "Well, if I bring you over some, would you read them? You ought to at least read his most famous sermons." There's probably a lot of. Um, you want to call it pride, but a lot of yes. appreciation for the fact that you're related to Brigham Young. And oh, yes. So I could, he held, you yes, held him up as a... Yes, I could boast to all my little friends, my great-grandpa laid out the streets of Salt Lake, and he designed the tabernacle, and he designed the Salt Lake Temple. And yeah. <laughs> wow. In my household, Brigham Young was more important than Joseph Smith. Now, in other homes, That's, that would probably be the reverse. Yeah. But in my home, Everything was about Brigham, Brigham Young. Young. Yeah. And so I said, well, okay, I'll read a few sermons. So Gerald comes over with uh, the 
copies of the sermons on blood atonement, where your own blood has to be sacrificed for certain sins, yeah. and uh, polygamy has to be lived to become a god, to have exaltation, yeah, and that uh, the blacks can't hold the priesthood, and um, that the Civil War would not free the slave. Well, obviously that didn't work out. And then there was a sermon that the they wouldn't give up polygamy for statehood. Wow. Well, that didn't work out. Then there was the Adam-God Adam doctrine, God theory, yeah. and of course they don't teach that today. Right, right. But the thing that really was the most disturbing was the blood atonement sermons of Brigham Young. Uh, that was the real clincher. I remember one dramatic one that said something about if a woman was in bed with... That's the one that, that ended Mormonism for me. Brigham right. said... Let me suppose a case. Suppose I found my brother in bed with my wife. I would immediately put a javelin through them both. And this would justify them and save them, and I would have helped them gain eternal life. I'm paraphrasing, but that's yeah. the story. Well, the blood atonement is that Jesus' blood isn't enough. Right, and the sermon and went on to, to say that. Sacrifice their own blood. Yeah, blood atonement. there are certain sins a man can commit that the blood of Christ Doesn't alone will not cover. Wow. And, and so that it, was a big one for Oh, you. I read that and I thought, this isn't the Jesus I remember reading about in the New Testament. This isn't uh, what little I knew about the Bible. It just didn't ring true to me. Yeah. We had studied New Testament one year in uh, seminary, and so I had a pretty good idea of the Gospels. I might not have understood much of the yeah, Paul's letters, but that. <laughs> and uh, I thought that. so. That pretty much ended. Utah Mormonism, but Gerald and I both still thought God could have used Joseph to bring out the Book of Mormon, and so we were still hanging on to and that. And said, like you said, that that was his calling, perhaps, was to yeah. bring forth the Book of Mormon. Yeah. Let me just kind of uh, interject here, I guess, a thought about current Mormons and the fact that they know so little about their church. What? Why are we? as are we, but LDS are so unwilling to really look at anything and study. Well, you're trained all your life. Truth comes from the directions of the church leaders. And if it comes from any other source than the church leaders, it's suspect. And if it's anything that questions anything the church leaders have said, you know it's not from God. So you're brainwashed from a child to be suspicious of anything outside of being published from Deseret Press or in the Ensign something, or something that came in some conference. Kind of a manual from the church. Yeah. And old conferences are suspect. You know, that, the old you, conference yeah, talks, you, yeah, you don't bring up Brigham Young's conference talks. They don't count. You go by the living prophet. So you're trained all your life. We go by the living prophet. Don't listen to anything else because you'll just get confused. Well, yeah, you'll get confused yeah. because it contradicts it. <laughs> well, I'm impressed that you and Gerald and, of course, Grandma Young yeah. and everybody would be so willing to, and your mom, to, yeah. to be willing to investigate and to evaluate and try to think on their own. And, right. Yeah, that's that's amazing. So you... Okay, back so to the you, wedding. Yeah, but go back to California, getting ready for uh, the wedding, huh? <laughs> so we didn't want the bishop to do it, and we didn't want a temple marriage. So my mom says, well, I know a minister. Uh, I'll ask him. Well, I didn't know at that time that not all ministers are really Christians. <laughs> oh. So we have this congregational minister that I find out later didn't even believe in the resurrection. 
So I could have had the bishop do it just as easy as having him. He was a nice man, but I mean, he his idea of a Bible study was to tell you all the ways Paul was wrong. Oh my goodness! And uh, so, but it was legal, and you got. Oh married. yeah, it was legal. <laughs> so, uh, then we settled down in California for the first year of our marriage. Now and, was Gerald working at this? Yeah. Company, well, he or? he got a job down in California. Um, he came down just before the wedding and started looking for a job and found one at a machinist shop. Mm-hmm. He was trained as a machinist, mm. and he worked as a machinist for the first five years of our marriage wow. before you, we went full-time working. Were uh, you working? Uh, I yourself, worked or? at, right at first, I worked, uh, continued my job at Sears, oh. uh, but then I got pregnant, and so uh, then I dropped out of working at Sears. This has been the audio edition of the Ex-Mormon Files. The Ex-Mormon Files is a production of Main Street Church of Brigham City. For information about this program, including past and current video episodes, please visit exmormonfiles.com. From there, you can also download audio episodes of this program. If you have an Ex-Mormon story you would like to share, we'd love to hear from you. Please write us at contact at exmormonfiles.com. Thank you for listening, and we hope you'll tune in again soon.